to the Practical Family Podcast with Jennifer Bryant, encouraging your family to build strong foundations and healthy homes. Hello, friends, and welcome back to the Practical Family Podcast. I'm so excited that you're back here with us. Today's episode is going to be about homeschooling, but from the perspective of a more seasoned mama homeschooler. I'm so excited to bring on today Mary Prather. She is a blogger at homegrownlearners.com and she has invented the music curriculum called Squilt. You guys have probably seen it online on Facebook. Many of you homeschoolers probably use it already. But I was so stoked when she agreed to be on the podcast because not only did I get to hear and learn from her as a mama who has raised older kids in in homeschool, but uh, just the fact that she is actually a former public school teacher like I am, I'm always excited to talk to former public school teachers because they always have a very cool perspective or even like a transitioning perspective on what brought them out of public school and into the homeschooling sector. So you're going to get to hear our conversation about that today, specifically about the change, the, the, the change in mindset really from being an educator in that in that area to now educating our own kids. It wasn't an easy transition for me, I can tell you that. And I loved hearing Mary's perspective on it today too. So here's a little bit about Mary Prather. Mary is a homeschooling mom of two teens and former public school teacher. Her family's journey out of public school and into homeschool taught her and her husband infinite amounts about their children, about education, and what the true purpose of school really is. Mary is also a degreed music educator and educational administrator and writes the music appreciation curriculum called SQUILT, which stands for Super Quiet Uninterrupted Listening Time. She loves teaching all ages of children online at SQUILT Live, as well as on her own blog and website, homegrownlearners.com. We will have all the links that you need to check out her stuff in the show notes. But for now, here is my conversation with Mary Prather. So Mary, you've got your website, Homegrown Learners. And I, uh, I first discovered you online through Facebook, actually. It's right. The beauty of just sharing things on Facebook. And uh, Homegrown Learners spoke to my heart so much because it was coming from you as you told your story. You're a a seasoned mother, um, would you say more or less? (laughs) Having older kids (laughs) makes you a seasoned mother. No, I didn't say old. I didn't say old. Uh, A mother with older children, meaning older than toddlers and elementary age kids. And, And I always jump at the chance to to talk with mamas like you who've, who've kind of, you know, been through the different seasons of education and life. And, and then I got more excited when I saw that you're a former public school teacher. Whoa. Right. I love it. Because right. so am I. Can you share a little bit about your, your background and how um, you were led to homeschool out of that uh, realm? Sure. Uh, I taught for 10 years in public schools um, in Texas and then when I moved to Atlanta and um, after I had my daughter I went back to teaching public school for two days 
and then I quit. Oh my god! <laughs> I didn't tell my husband. I just walked into my principal's office and I quit because I just couldn't leave a baby in daycare. And this was shortly after September 11th, and so you know everybody's emotions were you know kind of on edge. So we just took a leap of faith, and God provided so that I could stay home. And I started giving piano lessons out of our house, and I started working in a private piano studio. And then I had my son a few years later, continued to stay at home, and even put my daughter into public school. She was in public school until about the middle of third grade. And I just kind of got tired of deprogramming her at the end of every day. And um, I got tired of her coming home tired and crabby, and we weren't getting the best of each other, and our relationship was suffering. And I just thought, you know, we can do this better. And here where I live in the South, homeschooling is very popular. Um, there's a lot of support groups that's just, it's, it's very popular around here. So it was Thanksgiving of her third grade year, and we just took her out. And she's graduating um, in May. Oh, wow. <laughs> so, yeah. Wow. So that's our story. Gosh. So what, choosing to just stop, and you took her out mid-year even. It must have been very heavy on your heart, or in other words, a big reason to do that. What, what do you draw that back to? Um, it was. In fact, we had really, you know, I've been thinking about it since kindergarten, Something didn't feel right when I dropped her off that first day. Mm. Uh, but I just forged ahead because that's what I had done. That's what my husband had done. Public mm -hmm. schools were good enough for us, mm -hmm. so they would be good enough for her. And I think we would have probably pulled her out sooner, but I had had to have surgery when she was in second grade. And I thought, well, I'll just recover, and then I'll, I'll just wait, and we'll pull her out for third grade. And then I kind of lost my nerve again. There were just several little defining moments. Like she could only choose books from a certain shelf in the library. Mm. She was a very good reader, but they didn't want her to go any further than a certain reading level. She was kind of in that underserved middle of kids where she wasn't with the gifted kids that were getting accelerated. She wasn't with the kids that needed a lot of help. And she wasn't a troublemaker, so she wasn't sticking out. So she just kind of was skating along, not really accomplishing much. Mm. And my husband was fully in support of the idea, which really helped, too. So we didn't have curriculum picked out or anything. We just <laughs> packed up her desk, and she came home, and I you know, ordered a box from Sunlight. Mm -hmm. It came a couple weeks later, hey. and that was our that was our first year. Yeah, perfect. <laughs> yeah, I, I really admire sunlight. I watched um, and somebody do an unboxing, and I said, "Oh, if it's right here, they just send you a box, and you're done. Awesome." <laughs> and the... She was a reader, and she loved mm -hmm. you know their literature based curriculum. It was beautiful, mm -hmm. and I wasn't raised on a lot of living books, mm -hmm. and so I had a lot of learning to do. And so she and I were learning a lot those first couple of years. And sunlight was a really good way for us, you know, to get our feet wet. Oh, that's great. That is so great. Now, uh, share with us a little bit about 
your background as a former public school teacher and your experience there, did you find that there were a lot of misconceptions about the idea of homeschooling within the public school system? Mm-hmm. Oh, definitely. And I was one of the biggest um, offenders there. I remember I had a, a good friend who was a neighbor and she was homeschooling her kids while I was teaching public school. And I thought, well, she just, you know, she's a control freak. She -hmm. does not want to give her kids up. She's going to need to let go of them at some point. And, you know, she should just cut the apron strings now. And Mm, I think back on that, and that was just wrong on so many, you know, it was A, judgmental, and B, you know, I just... I can't imagine cutting apron strings on our kids when they're so little now, you know. So I do think that there was a a misconception that maybe homeschoolers were just insecure Mm. or they wanted to stay really close to their kids or maybe they thought they were too good for the public schools. Mm. I hear you. I feel you, Mary. I, (laughs) I... I, I remember thinking those things too, and, and thank you for saying that out loud and admitting it because, you know, if we can't learn from our own where we've been and where we are now and admit that, hey, I, I was wrong about, right, about right. my own thoughts back then, thank you. That, that really helps because I remember being in that place too, but I don't remember how I got there. Like, how, how do you judge something that you've never tried? you know, that you really don't know. And I don't know if that was a result of just what we thought education was. What do you think? Uh I think maybe it's, um, you know, it was maybe a threat Hmm. to me as a public school teacher. um, Because if people start teaching their kids at home, they're not going to need teachers anymore. And Hmm. I think sometimes we criticize what we don't understand. Hmm. And I just didn't understand what homeschooling was about Mm -hmm. you know like i've said i didn't even know what a living you know a living book was Mm -hmm. so even though i was a teacher i don't think i really understood the type of education that i'm now giving my children and what does that look like for you now what has changed so much well probably we don't listen to what other people (laughs) tell us we don't take anybody's word for it And now that my kids are older, we talk a lot about how do you get your information? Who's your authority? Who are you trusting? You know, are you basing everything on the truth of God's word? Or are you basing your opinions on feelings? Yeah, and when they were little, it was I would just follow them. I was following their interests. It wasn't like, okay, you're in second grade, so we're going to do this in this little box. Mm-hmm. I learned that it was okay to step out and just do all kinds of different things and customize for them. And I really miss, I miss those days. Oh. (laughs) Yeah. It gets a lot more serious when they get bigger. Oh. (laughs) You know, it's true, right? I mean, and and that's that's why we chose to bring our daughter home at at fourth grade because I knew and I was sensing, because I used to teach middle school, okay? So I saw that age group and I... Honestly, I was kind of scared because I wanted to have that influence over my kids first before the school did. And I realized, wow, we have a choice. We have a choice. Who says that this has to be the way it is? And it was freeing. It was very Mm -hmm. freeing for us. And I'm sensing that 
you experience the similar kind of freedom. Wow. Yeah, definitely. And, you know, once we made that choice, it made it easier to make other choices. Like my husband changed his job situation so he could work at home. We recently just gave up our traditional health insurance, which felt in a way, you know, like we were abandoning another well-worn system. It's really not even about schooling anymore. It's just about this whole approach that we have towards life, you know, Mm. that we're just not little dutiful soldiers Mm -hmm. anymore. (laughs) Sure, sure. And both of us coming from the public school system, having been trained up in that system, I mean, and I I tell people now, you know, not that there's anything inherently evil about the system, like we're not saying, no, 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 that's wrong and this is right. It's more of a, it wasn't created to produce whole people. It was created during the Industrial Revolution to create factory workers. And when we don't understand history, I think that that's where parents feel like they have to fall in line. And at Practical Family, we're all about, you know, giving practical solutions to help parents to understand how to grow their kids. And that's why I love your your website so much, Homegrown Learners, that that's what it's about. Right. Right. And, I, you know, I see now that we're reaching the end of the line with my first one and I can look back. I can just see all the beautiful opportunities that we had with her that we would not have otherwise had. And that closeness that we have with our kids that I think we would have had to fight much, much harder for if they were in school mm-hmm. all day, every day. Right, right. You know, it's, it's hard enough to fight for their hearts as it is without adding another layer of influence mm-hmm. on top of it, I think. Right. Mary, what would you suggest, what would you say to a young mother or a mother of young kids getting into this homeschooling lifestyle, and maybe she's jaded by the schools, or maybe they just want a different lifestyle. Maybe you know whatever the reasons are. How would you disciple her in making that transition? What's one of the best pieces of advice you can give? I think, and it's something that I had, was just a good friend who was a little further along to walk me through things step by step. And I remember her name is Denise and she and I are still very good friends. And she had told me to never let my kids lose their wonder. She said, no matter how old they get, she said, just don't let them lose the wonder. And so when I would, you know, just get a little bit stressed out that we weren't getting a particular concept or, you know, maybe a adolescent attitude was getting to me, she would point me back always to what was most important about homeschooling and she had these beautiful children who are now adults that I could look to and say okay it's gonna be all right so I would think having a mentor like that Mm -hmm. and just to you know not take yourself too seriously when they're little just play and read books Mm. you know (laughs) just enjoy them because they can learn all the stuff that they're gonna need to know you know when they're like fourth grade and up they can learn all that stuff kind of fast. Mm. But when they're little, you just need to enjoy them and form that relationship with them, I think. Mm. That's so great, Mary. Thank you for that. Ooh, I'm going to hold on to that for myself. Put that <laughs> put that in a plaque above my sink right now. <laughs> I, know. 
I see little, we were out to lunch today and I saw a little one and my kids and I were like, oh, she's so cute. Oh, she's so cute. And I almost started to cry because I thought I have such good memories of what I did with my kids. And I'm so thankful, you know, that we made the decision to keep them mm-hmm. at home. Yeah. So. Oh, love it. Love it. So how did you find CC then? You are also Classical Conversations family, aren't yeah. you? Yeah. Yes, we were in a co-op here locally, um, and I had um, one of my friends, her little boy was over for dinner one night, and he was singing All of the Presidents, (laughs) and I was so impressed (laughs) with this little kid, and he was a funny little kid. I mean, he was a turkey. You didn't think that he was really going to be like this academic kind of kid, and he just started singing All the Presidents, and I remember talking to his mom. And she was telling me about CC, and so we went to the park the next week, and she brought her timeline cards uh, and all this other. She brought her foundations guide, and I thought, this looks really good. You know, I, I especially could see my youngest one at the time. He really liked to collect facts, and so I thought, this would be really great for him. So we joined that next year. Oh, very cool. Yeah. Very cool. And I think that was probably, oh, like six, maybe five or six years ago. Okay, yeah. So you're you're not necessarily a uh, what they call like a lifetime CC member because there are a lot of no. uh, families who started from you know I say birth <laughs> from the yeah. beginning, but you no, can jump it, into it very easily, basically, right? I think so. My daughter jumped in at Challenge A, so she was oh, like seventh grade, nice. um, and my son jumped in when he was third grade, and then my daughter jumped out at tenth. She wanted to do a couple of different things, mm-hmm. and CC wasn't such a good fit for her anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, so she's doing something different now. My son is still continuing; he'll be in high school next year, and he's still doing CC. Cool. See, and that's yeah. that's good to know too that that's okay. Right. Yeah. Why would I want to be a slave to that system? Right. And <laughs> I had stopped being a slave to another. System, You know, if it's not working for you, you can change. Sure. And that's an important concept, too. That's that's what I hear a lot of prospective homeschool parents think that if I don't make the right decision in the first year of homeschooling, then it's going to affect the rest of their lives or the rest of their academia or it's not necessarily true. And I'm glad to hear that. Yeah. I mean, we're always changing in our own lives, too. Um, You know, I tried to keep a few things consistent, like math has always been a, you know, a real consistent for us. And our reading has been a a very consistent thing. But the other things have kind of fluctuated Mm. along the way. Good to know. Good to know. Now, uh, before we end the conversation, Mary, gosh, I could talk to you all day. I have so many questions now. (laughs) But we'll have to keep this interview short and bring you back on for another episode. But I do want to cover your music program because you're a former music teacher and you created squilt tell us what that stands for and where that came from please okay yeah it's super quiet uninterrupted listening time and when i was teaching in the public schools um i had read about this idea um in one of our music teacher magazines and so i always used it with my kids in public school and it was our best time during our class. They would lay down on the floor, close their eyes, and they would just listen super quiet to a beautiful piece of music. Um, And it got to be where at one school that I was at, we would have squilt time every Friday morning on the announcements. 
and this, you know, sixth graders would vie to be the squilt announcers <laughs> for the week. <laughs> um, so then when I started my blog, I was putting out squilt lessons, complimentary, on the blog. And my husband encouraged me. He said, you know, this could really be a full curriculum. Why don't you try and write a volume? So I had been to a blogging conference and I had gotten real energized and came home and within the next month we put out the volume one, the Baroque era. And it's just kind of snowballed from there to where we had products and now we have a live option where I teach kids two different times a month. They can come in and get live lessons from me along with some other stuff. But it's super fun. It really, it's a good time. It looks fun. It looks amazing. I mean, I've been, I've been stalking it <laughs> for months now. <laughs> and then I said, I need to reach out to her and ask about it. But so this is so exciting. We'll definitely, if you're listening this week, you can go to Squilt and we'll have the links there in the show notes and the links to Mary's blog, homegrownlearners.com. But it's a music program that is so educational and it's, it's appreciation, really. I, that's what I love about it so much. In closing, what have you found that parents are getting out of it the most as they go through it? They're getting out of it an appreciation for music for themselves mm -hmm. because they're listening with their children. Um, and I like to, you know, you don't have to have any knowledge to teach this. It's really just open and go. Um, so they're finding that their families are starting to appreciate music. And also they're finding that their kids' habit of attention is increasing. Because sometimes when you just have to sit quietly and listen to something for two minutes, that's a chore. And it's a chore for an adult. Um, now this week in our live lessons, we're doing Beethoven's Fifth Symphony, the first movement. And that's seven minutes long. So, you know, you get kindergartners and first graders that have to just listen for that long and they're listening for specific things in there but that's just a really good life skill for them to have forget the music it's just a good listening skill to have absolutely absolutely oh, yeah. yay for longer attention spans creating uh, them one song at a time <laughs> yes seriously we Love all it. need help with it we do we do <laughs> that is so good mary oh i'm so glad to have met you today over video and if being able to just connect with another not only former teacher but a teacher who found being their children's teacher so fulfilling that that's the love and the joy that I'm hoping that comes across to families whether you choose homeschooling or not that you get to at least hear the testimonies of other families who've gone through it who risked certain things who broke out of systems any closing thoughts for our families today Mary well you know I'm thinking of something that I shared actually today on, um, or maybe it was yesterday, on my Instagram, and it was, you know, homeschooling, it's a marathon, not a sprint. And some miles are going to be easier than other. And, you know, some miles you are going to want to quit, but you're going to feel wonderful once you get to that finish line. <laughs> so, you know, that's a huge metaphor right there, but I think it's so true. You know, so just hang in there, even when you feel like quitting. You can always take a break for a couple of months and then 
pick back up. I don't think your kids are going to be any worse for it. You've been listening to the Practical Family Podcast and my conversation with Mary Prather, blogger at homegrownlearners.com and creator of the Squilt Music Program. We've been so blessed to bring on such amazing guests onto the Practical Family Podcast, and we've got an exciting lineup for the next few weeks. So don't miss it. If you have not subscribed already, subscribe to our podcast through iTunes or Google Play or whatever your favorite podcast outlet is so that you can get those notifications when new episodes come and where you can also listen for chances to win in some of our fun giveaways. Please go ahead and rate us on iTunes if you haven't done so already. Just click over real fast right when you are done listening Go over to iTunes and rate the Practical Family Podcast because that puts us up in the rankings so more people can see us. And as always, thank you so much for listening. This is Jen Bryant with Practical Family, where we are encouraging you and families like yours to build strong foundations and healthy homes.